Good morning, everyone. Today's April 8th, Aunt Jean's birthday. Happy birthday, Aunt Jean. And this is our third podcast. We're uh, having our carpet uh, replaced in the house, kind of noisy in there. We're going to go over uh, on to the Bowery, but there's somebody there. So we're sitting in our car in the garage. Plus, we don't want to touch any germs. That's right. We are being safe, staying away from people. And when these guys work, finish, these workers finish, we'll go and wipe things down, open windows. Anyway, that's not why we're here. We're excited to talk about this time. Uh, We've talked about the engagement. We've talked about our wedding. And there are some things we've forgotten uh, that uh, we just wanted to throw in. First of all, what was some of the music, Grandma? In the uh, early 1970s? Um, well, I only remember, um, I don't, and I don't know why I remember this one song, but I remember this song that I would always, always seem to be on the radio. And it was, uh, You've Got a Friend. You've Got a Friend. Friend. And uh, isn't it good to know you've got a friend? Anyway, I think James Taylor is the author of that. And then I didn't really get into music until I met Dad. And um, and part of that is because, like, we couldn't even really get radio stations down in Moab. Uh, at nighttime, we could get them if, if the, the signals were better at night. That's hard but, to believe. But I was always at the Dairy Freeze, so... I didn't really ever get into music, but since I met your dad and um, music, of course, I love the Beatles and and uh, who are the Beach Boys and the Monkees. Does anybody remember the Monkees? Hey, hey, we're the Monkees. People say Say we monkey monkey around. around. Yeah, those and... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what other songs are? Well, they're the Rolling Stones and Elvis in his later years... He had put on a lot of weight by the time the 70s came around and it was kind of a nothing anymore. Uh, raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah. The Association, Mamas and Papas, Beach Boys. Uh, I, I just thought of a movie. I think speaking of raindrops keep falling on your head, it's uh, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Remember that movie? That, that song yeah. was in that movie. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, for for Grandma and me, uh, the Carpenters were always big uh, during that time. One of our theme songs was Close to You. Close to you. Wah, 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 wah. And it was kind of ironic. We'd go to dances and things, and I'd always request the band, if it was a live band, or even if it wasn't a live band, to play the word, the song Cherish from the Association. I just love the music in that song. And it wasn't until many, many years later that Grandma told me the lyrics talk about somebody breaking up in that song or something. <laughs> or how you... And I have no idea because no, I've, never, I've never paid much attention to lyrics. He just makes up his own words <clears throat> to the music. That's right. <laughs> but, of course, the, the uh, title, the theme of this whole blog... Oh, and don't uh, forget Neil Diamond. Oh, Neil. Oh, how could we forget Neil. <laughs> We've only just begun. We've only just begun by the Carpenters, and that's kind of our our theme song and the focus of this podcast. 
And uh, when we thought of it, we're thinking of not only just beginning now until we die, we're talking about an eternity, obviously. Eternity lasting a long, long time. Spirit world, who knows? We might, uh, in the spirit world, uh, we might, we're going to be missionary companions together, maybe. Maybe we'll be visiting some of you and telling you to uh, be sure to brush your teeth or uh, go to church. Keeping you on your toes. Keeping you on your toes. But so our marriage, we're looking at the eternities. And someday, many, many years in in the future, uh, like you, we're hoping to become our own God and goddess. We're going to learn how to do that. Going to have to learn a lot of science and math. So grandma and I are going to have to take algebra in the spirit world, I guess, so we can... Never. (laughs) <laughs> learn how to how to get good at this stuff um but so we've only just begun we're thinking eternity and that helps us focus more on what we need to be doing here but enough preaching but i just wanted to uh uh back up also before we got married i had a, a double whammy of an answer to a prayer which is pretty special, uh, inviting me and confirming to me that Grandma is the one, or not only the one, but it would be a wonderful thing if we got married. I remember the bunk. I was at Continental Apartments and kneeling in my bunk and praying as I had done many times. But this particular night has just kind of a overwhelming uh, confirming feeling from the Holy Ghost saying, yes, that's the right thing to do. Of course, most of our promptings are less conspicuous than that, but this one was really an overwhelming thing. And what that did is it gave me confidence, and so I never doubted after that. Didn't have to doubt because the Spirit had confirmed. It was an awesome experience. Also, I wanted to... um tell you guys about dad's wedding ring that he had until last year when he lost it. And I'll add something to it when you're done. Yeah. Um, I went to beauty school uh, in downtown Provo. And, you know, of course, we didn't get paid, but we would get little tips, quarters. Seriously. If you got a big tip, you got 75 cents. Um, but anyway, so we'd get a couple dollars tips every day and at beauty school. And at our lunchtime, we would all go to down the block, about a half block, to an old drugstore called Ivan's, and they had the most delicious pie. And so we would all um, get a piece of pie. But when I got engaged, I wanted to do something myself because, of course, I had no money, and my parents paid for everything. And so uh, every day I would save those little tips, a dollar or two, and... Next door to the beauty school was a jewelry store. So I went in and I picked out Dad's wedding ring. And then I, um, every single day, at the end of the day, I would walk in. And they would always laugh and smile. And I would put down my $2, my $1.50, whatever it was that I'd gotten that day from tips. And I paid for Dad's wedding ring all by myself without any help from mom and dad. And I think it was like $50 is all. <laughs> For that reason, that wedding ring, which did lose about 10 months oh, ago. Inscription inside. Ugh, it was awful. 
losing that thing has, has always had a lot of meaning to me because there was a lot of sacrifice that went into it. Going without pie, you should see the, the weight that she lost because I of that. I did. I probably lost 10 pounds uh, when I stopped eating pie every day. Plus, I had an inscription on the inside, and it was... Um, mein König. Yeah, you tell about that. Mein König uh, means my king. Of course, uh, Grandma's brother Craig had been a German missionary also. And so that was a special thing she had had inscribed inside the ring. So just the whole sacrifice and the Craig, meaning. Craig helped me come up with that. Yeah. The whole inscription, the whole uh, sacrifice that went into to acquiring this ring has always meant a lot to me. And so I've always, so that ring has always meant a lot to me. So if you happen to find it, <laughs> I'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> okay. Let's see. What else? Oh, well, you want to talk about McDonald's or should I talk about beauty school? Talk about your beauty school experience. Okay. When we got married, I only had two months of school left. And uh, so I took uh, just, I think, a week, maybe two at the most off from school. I think that's all they would let you take. And then I went back to school after we got married and graduated in August. And... Um, uh, I there's you always had a number that you were known as number not a name and my number was number 31 31 and I we remember. we wore um red polyester pants <laughs> bell bottom pants and then, they were ugly oh and the hair would stick to them awful and we had a uh, white just like the, your white nursing type tops is what we had to wear and um Anyway, the thing I remember about beauty school is Aunt Glenda coming in. And remember, Aunt Glenda was also a beautician. And she came in, and uh, I washed her hair. And she's the one that taught me, really, how to wash hair. To make sure I got the back of the neck scrubbed and rinsed. And that um, to always give a little massage. And so for many, many, many years to come, when I had my own salon... I had lots and lots of people tell me that I gave the best shampoo, that they never felt like anybody got the back of their neck. And I always credit that to my wonderful sister-in-law, Glenda. Um, also, the style that I remember most in beauty school was Farrah Fawcett. Long, <laughs> layer, fluffy hair. She was beautiful. And I remember my friend Charlene from Moab. Charlene Wiggins coming up and letting me experiment on her hair and doing the Farrah Fawcett cut. So that's... Oh, the other thing I remember about beauty school and about my first years being a beautician is it was illegal to cut men's hair. Uh, men had to go to a barber shop. They could not go to a beauty salon. And um, I remember... Um, when I was young, did I ever tell the story about Ed Neal? There was a barber down the street from the beauty salon, mm -mm. or down the street from the Dairy Freeze. And he would come up every morning around 10 and get a large cup of Coke-flavored ice. And he was a barber. And so I would talk to him, and I got interested in in barbering. And then I watched Aunt Glenda do hair. And so when I was talking to Ed about 
maybe being going to barber school instead of beauty school, he said, you need to go to beauty school. You need to learn to do it all because within a few years, men are going to be able to to go into beauty salons also. So that's why I decided on beauty school. But it wasn't until after I graduated and was working at Clark's and I actually went to the legislature and helped petition that women were, or that beauty shops were allowed to cut men's hair. Before that, we would do them after hours in the back room so we wouldn't get caught. That's all I remember for now. That's awesome. Uh, before we got married and also after, uh, I was a custodian in the morning on campus in some of these campus buildings. I can't remember the name of the one I was at. And then at night, after going to school, then I would uh, work at McDonald's. I was a McDonald's window man. And uh, the custodial part, was I'd go to work at about 4 in the morning. And uh, there were a couple of memories that I had. <clears throat> Uh, while I was standing there buffing floors or cleaning johns or whatever it was, uh, one, of course, we would have church in these buildings on Sundays. And one Monday morning, I was cleaning up after the church the previous day. And on the chalkboard was a quote by Heber J. Grant, who was a prophet that which we persist in doing becomes easier to do. Not that the nature of the thing has changed, but our ability to do has increased. And that quote has just been an inspiration to me for many, many years. That's one of the few quotes that I've memorized. And uh, it's not actually his quote. I think it's Emerson. But sometime when you get a minute or an hour or a few days, uh, find out uh, information about Heber J. Grant. And uh, it was also while I was a custodian that I had a miracle uh, occur. Up to that point, I had been a sociology major at BYU, and here I was getting married, or was married, I can't remember. You were. We're married. I thought, what the heck am I going to do with sociology? And so I'd been thinking about that for a while, and while uh, buffing floors, one morning, it came to me I needed to go into elementary education. Now, I'd never even considered that before, but it was just clear as day that that's what I needed to do, and I had and uh, I'm glad I followed that because I had a great career in elementary ed. And I've told many people, despite the fact that it pays nothing, that uh, if I had it to do all over again, I would uh, go that direction anyway. Probably not as many years at school, but I still go that same direction because it was very fulfilling for me. Just a reminder with that school, when we had been married 15 years, your dad, grandpa, had been going to school 13 out of the 15 years. Uh, of course, not full-time the whole time, but I uh, remember thinking he was going to be a uh, student all our lives. But I, I would do the same thing all over again, too. It was perfect for us. So I didn't remain custodian the whole time. After a while, I became the donut fryer and the bottom of the Wilkinson Center, and I fried all the donuts for all of campus and for the missionaries and for the temple. And so I was the donut fryer. That was a lot of fun. I'll have to put more about that in our written part. Um, McDonald's, as Grandma said, you didn't take the product home. Oh, you, we didn't talk about that, did yeah, you? No. About, tell them about it. Well, did you tell them that only men 
Uh, okay. Yet. Okay. So dad would, or grandpa, we're, we're trying to refer to each other's grandma and grandpa, would um, go to McDonald's and work, and I loved their apple pies. And so I would say, bring me home an apple pie. So you, they threw anything that had been made, and they tried to make everything fresh, so there wasn't usually a lot of waste. But... Um, so on his last break of the night, he would go out and buy me an apple pie to bring home. And then at the end of the shift, he would usually throw anywhere from four to six to eight apple pies away after he'd bought, bought mine. Now, remember, we were poor, so I just couldn't ever figure out why he had to buy that when he threw so many away. McDonald's policy was it's not a McDonald's product if it's colder than it should be or older than it should be so they're pretty strict about that crazy but anyway um we uh, uh guys only worked at mcdonald's at that time in provo of course they could get away with that because they're always poor byu students who were trying to figure out where to work and so we had only guys at mcdonald's well, and no the, mcdonald's had girls yeah i'm not sure about well, Other cities. So. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But anyway, Mr. Bertelson, who was kind of the regional director of all the McDonald's, it was his philosophy that guys work faster than women. So no girls allowed. We didn't have any females working for McDonald's. He and, had no idea. He was not very smart. <laughs> he wasn't. He was an old military guy. And uh, it was interesting because uh, we would, I would wear a blue hat and the managers would wear a, a red hat. And the managers, we'd have to call sir. Um, sir, could we do this? Sir, could we do that? Very military-like. It was kind of fun calling, uh, here I was, 23, 24 years old, calling a 19-year-old sir. But that was kind of interesting. No females calling him sir. But you did get voted the best McDonald's. Yeah, we were the best McDonald's in the region because in McDonald's in Salt Lake, you know, they had a bunch of snot-nosed high school kids, nothing against high school kids. but And uh, Provo, we had these clean-cut BYU males. And so Mr. Bertelson would always bring uh, these big stockholders down to our store and when we saw him come on the lot, we'd say, Sir, Mr. Bertelson on the lot. So then we'd just be in our best behavior, and he'd bring all his his uh, high rollers in and show what a McDonald's was like in his area. So it was okay. kind of fun. Okay, this is getting long, so we better hurry with our apartments. So uh, when we first got married, we moved into um, Uncle Craig and Aunt Dixie's apartment that they had moved out of. And um, we have pictures and everything for all of you. And um, it was actually right across the street from the apartments that we had been living in uh, before we were married. And I can't remember exactly how much that was a month, maybe 85 or $95. And so then we, after we found the apartment around the corner, um, in the back, a tiny little apartment. We moved in there because it was only $65 a month. However, the bathroom was in the kitchen. Uh, the shower, your dad couldn't even stand up tall in because he had to bend his head over the entire time he showered. And it was a very, very tiny apartment. 
uh, and we lived there for a while, but I guess we got a raise or another job or I graduated from beauty school or something and started working. So but, but before we moved from that apartment, everything we had was a hand-me-down. Oh, everything was a hand-me-down for years. Um, our bed, our sofas. Um, when we moved just into the front of that same house and to a bigger apartment that was maybe $10 more a month, um, that's when we got our first TV and it was a hand-me-down from my mom and dad, Ellen and Junior, and of course, black and white. I think we had that, you guys probably remember that TV. I think that's the one we had after we had kids for several years. And, um, but uh, yeah, dressers, uh, beds, um, kitchen tables, kitchen tables, everything we had was a hand-me-down. Hand me down Cheerios that we've gotten off the no, carpet at no, church. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. However, when we lived in that apartment, we needed a vacuum, and um, so did we lose it? Nope. We, we're still there. Okay, so we got a vacuum. We had to pray and fast about it, and I think how much the vacuum? It was a rebuilt vacuum. A rebuilt. It cost seventy five dollars, and, and so we had to figure out how to pay out that on an on a time <laughs> so that was a huge decision for us yes. that was our big first purchase but me one memory that we have of that place is we had nothing in fact we didn't have a car our first three months of our marriage mm -hmm. and we just rode bikes grandma rode her bike to school. beauty school i rode my bike or walked to college and and rode my bike to mcdonald's and stuff um, we had nothing, and uh, yet we were just really, really happy. The happiest and, times, seem, I mean, not the happiest times, because you enjoy the journey along the way, but we have no regrets of all oh, of that. Oh, no. None. We were poor as mice, and we were happy as could be. Okay. Um, and just let's finish the apartments really quick. So oh, then yeah. after that one... Um, some uh, friends in our ward who'd lived just a couple houses down in a big old house. Uh, and they had this little baby, and I wanted a baby so bad. And I was always playing with their little baby. And so when they graduated, they asked us if we wanted to move into their big house. I think it was probably $100 a month. Uh, and there were renters in the basement that we had to kind of keep track of. The basement was a dungeon. Oh. It was a it was awful. I can't imagine Yuck. why anybody would live down there. But anyway, they did. But um, anyway, so we lived in that house. And um, and actually, then we, that's where, so that was our fourth apartment in a little less than two years. But that's where, when we finally uh, got Ben. And, we, the, and these four apartments were all in the same block. Yep. All in the same ward. All in the same ward, just around the corner from each other. And we didn't have anything, so it was easy to pack. Yep, easy to pack. <laughs> and and that one had a washer. No dryer, but a washer. So. Yeah, if you loved old houses, that was fun. Otherwise, yuck. Um, but this is getting kind of long, so maybe we'll end it here. I think we're about done. Are we with, should we tell about Ben? No, not Ben. Okay, all let's right. Let's not, let's not, Ben's li okay, the later we'll apartment. Well, no, that He's was in the house. Okay. And then, no. All right. So. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Uh, hey, but uh, let me just add, uh, uh, we didn't have a car for our first three months, and so we'd have to borrow a car and went to Salt Lake, and 
Or groceries. Or groceries. And before we got married, uh, uh, we would hitchhike to Salt Lake. And uh, don't tell my, my grandchildren we did that, and don't ever anyone do that ever. You wouldn't do it now, but I learned it from my uncle from from Uncle Alan, who was also a student at BYU. And he said all you have to do is just kind of look nice, kind of put dress a up a little bit, and just put a sign that says BYU student to Salt Lake, and you get a ride every time. And we did. It was even you did it with me once. I did, did you? do it with him, and my mother had a heart attack. <laughs> Hitchhiking to Salt Lake, but uh, uh, while we were there, uh, we 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 bought a car with a little red uh, Volkswagen named Sam, mm-hmm. and uh, went to a BYU football game. And coming out of the parking lot, well, this was months later. Oh yeah, this is a long time later. Yeah, coming out of a football game, uh, I changed lanes, and all of a sudden the car behind me. St- slammed into me then I then I hit the car in front of me so kind of a three car not very serious accident so anyway the bumper on our car was been ruined and had to be replaced but you want to tell about the miracle of this thing? yeah we so we got um insurance money to fix the bumper but instead um grandpa just tied it up with some string so our bumper was tied on and we had been praying about how in the world we were going to have enough money to pay for Dad's books for the next semester. So that was the answer. That little bumper fender bender was the answer to our prayers. We used that money to buy Dad's books for that semester. And our bumper remained on, tied with a string, clear till after we moved to Washington State. And... Bought a new car there, so that's another story. Church, uh, we continued in our student wars, so marrieds and singles were still kind of the same ward. I was the ward clerk. President Bentley was the branch president. They switched from wards to, to branches in the BYU wards. And Grandma taught Relief Society. And uh, you want to talk about your ice cream sandwich experience? So we had church at, you know, just one of the buildings, and they have those vending machines. And right as we'd go into church, there would there was an ice cream vending machine. And so after church, I wanted uh, an ice cream sandwich. And so I couldn't see why there was any reason why I couldn't buy that on Sunday, because it was a vending machine, and nobody had to work. And I was, of course, supporting the campus, so I would sneak a ice cream sandwich quite often to eat while we walked home from church. And she hasn't repented yet. <laughs> Nothing to repent from. I know. Are we good for this one? Yeah. Sorry, we, we probably crammed too much into this one. Sorry about that. Hopefully you're getting something out of this and not bored to tears. Uh, so we're signing off. Love you all. Bye.